I've never really been employable. I don't know if that's the right <laughs> way to say it. You know what I mean? But like, um, so when I was a kid, I used to do like card tricks at school to get my lunch money, or I would bring candy to school and sell it, or I would, you know, just figure out ways to um, support my lifestyle. I wanted a TV. All right, how am I gonna buy that? Let me. I used to collect. What was it? I used to collect the junk on the street and then sell it to the kids in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she used to charge us to enter her room. <laughs> Yeah, she was little like, you want to come in, 25 cents, or whatever the going rate was at the time. Sisters Gabriella and Samar are co-founders of Hipline, a beloved space for dance and empowerment in Oakland, California. You can find them online at Hipline Oakland. Proudly owned by women of color, this business has grown slowly and thoughtfully over the last 11 years, becoming a space equally known for exhilarating dance classes, co-working, and community. Harnessing their Lebanese-Peruvian roots, Gabriella and Samar and their diverse team of choreographers encourage hipliners to check their baggage at the door for an hour focused on mind, body, and heart. They invited me into their studio on Lakeshore in Oakland to record this conversation. You're listening to This Guy's Legit. Gabriella and Samar, I'm so happy to be with you guys today here in your beautiful space. Thank you for making time for this. Thank you for making time to come down here. We're excited to hang out with you and talk. So um, I want to hear where you grew up um, and and a little bit about what you were both like as kids, but I want to hear Samar tell me about you, and I want to hear you, Gabriella, tell me about (laughs) Samar. So Samar, let's start with you. I want to hear where you grew up and how you would describe your sister when she was little. Okay, great. Um, Well, we grew up in Dublin. We were born in Palo Alto, and then we moved to Dublin um, when we were like, I think I was like two. Um, And then, yeah, she was pretty much, you know, has been a solid figure as she is now, you know, my older sister, and um, always very, organized, you know, which has always been very helpful, um, and just uh, really just the caretaker of the family, just making sure everybody um, has what they need, and, um, you know, that everybody is just loved, pretty much, yeah. So I would say Gabrielle, very, like, um, more on the quiet side, but, you know, like she is now, like, she, and then she'll just throw, like, a really big genius thought out there you know just be quite quite boom it's kind of like her her tempo her rhythm yeah. her style of yeah. doing it you know um and just making space for me and for um our younger sister alexandra yeah what about how would you describe samar gabriella oh my gosh so many good memories um well she i mean ever since i can remember we were we've always been on an adventure together just like here so she always you know had the idea in the morning we'd get up and there was like an idea to go we were, we were this is when we were very little she'd have like all the neighborhood kids rallied up we're ready to go on like a big adventure it was to the park but it wasn't just an adventure to the park it was like an episode out of like indiana jones where we were going to the park like dressed up we had like a huge plan when we got there and we were like imagining our way through our day which feels very much like it is here you know um most of the time I was always like, dang, I don't know about that, but it always worked out. It was great. It was fun. I always had her back. I always had her back. Mm-hmm. Um, very creative. Um, 
vivid like imagination kept that to herself a lot so I think like now when I see her in her capacity now it like makes me so happy and um complete that I can see her just like be in this space and give to others the way she kind of gave to me in our little space and like to the neighborhood kids yeah, kids. I know. You know, you're still so so lucky. We're like so kids. I'm gonna move this because yeah. there's so much sound on Lakeshore. Yeah, I'm just we're just gonna get real cozy right I know. now. Let's get cozy. Um, so that's really cool that you were able to like you're the big sister, but your little sister was sort of the one with the big visions. Yeah. And and what was that? What was that like for you? Uh, supporting her through her visions. As adults here? No, oh, like when you like were kids. Middle. Oh, it was, it was, it flowed. I yeah. felt like it flowed, you know, because we, we both um, kind of held, held space for each other without really knowing we were holding space for each other. But like, you know, um, we had a really good productive day. We were outside. We like came home when the lights came on in the street. We just came back from a huge story that you gave. And then I would be there and then we would kind of like, I would kind of kick in and we would take care of each other at night yeah. and like we'd slept together in the same room. So there was that, you know, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to hear about your first jobs. Did you, have you guys always worked together or did you sort of like have your own things and then later in life you found your way to, to collaboration? We had our own things. My first job was working at a deli shop. I loved food. I mean, it was like, it was in high school. Our parents didn't let us work. That like school was very important. That was the priority. So they wanted us at home after school, and we were studying. So I think I was like fifteen when I worked my first job. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What was your first job? I, st- I started hustling when I was very young. Like um, I don't. I've never really been employable. I don't know if that's the right <laughs> way to say it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, um, so when I was a kid, I used to do, like, card tricks at school to get my lunch money, or I would bring candy to school and sell it, or I would, you know, just figure out ways to um, support my lifestyle. I wanted a TV, all right, how am I going to buy that? Let me, I used to collect, what was it? I used to collect the junk on the street and then sell it to the kids in the neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah. She used to charge us to enter her room. Yeah. She was little, like, you want to come in, 25 cents, or whatever the going rate was at the time. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you've always been you. I guess it's hilarious. You've yeah, always I mean, been you. And, yeah. like, you've always been you. Like, I think that's something that's really interesting that I'm hearing sort of across these episodes is that oh. entrepreneurs were entrepreneurs from the day that they were born. It's mm-hmm. not like you woke up one day and said, you know, I think that the right career path for me is entrepreneurship. It's that, yeah. like, there actually wasn't any other way. Yeah. Right. It was like, it was always going to be this. Yeah. So I want to hear how you made the leap to this space. Um, I know that you didn't start out at, you started out as hip line, but you didn't start out with the same focus. So I'd like to hear a little bit about your original creative vision and how that vision has shifted over time. Yeah. Go for it. Can you start? Yeah. I'll start. We all have our <laughs> different ways and reasons why we showed up here. But for me, it was belly dancing was kind of like where I start. Um, I started that dance before hip line. So I was taking lessons when I was like 15 and I Really loved it. It connected us to like our Arabic heritage, and um, I love the music and everything. And then I started teaching it like when I was about in my early twenty, my twenties. Like I performed, da, 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 and then like, and then basically the classes would get full. And then I was on Craigslist and saw uh, a space um, in Berkeley, and I was, and then I was like, "Hey guys!" And I just brought we brought the whole family in the room, and everybody looked at it and was was just like, "Okay." 
And, um, you know, you don't really, there, there's no business plan or anything like that, but um, everybody had their role to play in it. You know, like my dad's, our dad's a businessman, and, you know, so that was kind of like the business plan is having a dad who you could go to and be like, what do we do here? And then, you know, all of our different skill sets. And so that was kind of like how it started, I guess, would be where, you know. So to make sure I understand this correctly, yeah, yeah, yeah. you were you were teaching out mm-hmm. in other people's spaces. In other spaces, And then yeah. you found a space that came on board, and you were just like, hey, family, like, here's my idea. And everybody in your family was like, yes, we believe in you. We're going to do what it I takes to make it happen. Every, I don't know if they ever believed in me. <laughs> okay, so what happened? I mean, I, well, I, mean I guess they did because we did it. You yeah, know? you I sure mean, did. Yeah, we I, just put a... I mean, you probably know better. I mean, honestly, I mean, like, I have had some really crazy ideas, you know, and as we've moved through this experience, I've noticed, like, I look back at some of them going, that was so crazy. Like, do you remember when I, when we were like, let's build a waterfall and then let's have the waterfall open so when people walk into this space, they can walk through a waterfall, like, stuff like that, you know, and like, and like, I literally, like, really thought that was yeah. gonna could be real like a reality and so then my sister's like well here's the budget you know what I mean and then, yeah and that is how, why we're here is because yeah. everybody kind of played it so you know I didn't have any other thought I was just like here's this space I'm gonna dance like mm-hmm. literally it's very, it was very simple to me mm-hmm. and the, and then you probably can fill it yeah else. so take it yeah. from there so then you have the space and then so we have the space and I think I think what we believed in looking back is we believed in family. Like that was, that's the only thing that we, that was the only thing that we can hope for our family, you know, family was there and our family is not perfect, but that's why I jumped into it because, you know, my sister, like I said earlier, like completed me in some way, you know, there was, and that meant I, we would one be together for a very long time we'd see each other because we also live different lives like we're into different kinds of music we're different social circles so this was like the dream um and then I love I loved the idea of just not really knowing what we were getting into and but I was certain that belly dance was going to connect us in some way to the world that we were living in which at the time you know, we're first generation, we're here, that dance was so important to us, music, the culture, the Arab culture, our Peruvian culture, you know, it was going to somehow plant us, to ground us, and you know, us to connect us to people, because, yeah. like, we never saw any Arab Americans on television, still to this day, I think there's like, oh, there's one, you know, and like, <laughs> yeah. we don't really have any role models, we don't have, and then people see us, and they don't know what, who we are, we you know, brown, are we white, are we, where are we from, you know, so it's just like, we're never really real in some ways to, uh, especially growing up in Dublin, you know, like, you know, I mean, I, we had our good group of friends, but I mean, it's just like, you're going through an experience a little bit different than kind of the majority of people's experiences, at least where we grew up, but we also were, you know, had the luxury and the privilege to go to our countries, like where our parents are from, and so we have like really strong roots, Yeah. you know, and so that, that's very, that can't be shaken, and so like even being somewhere where we don't ever see Lebanese people, let alone Lebanese Peruvian people, you know, ever, uh, we still like, you know, are connected and we can connect to, to people, Yeah. you know. Why is representation and visibility important? Why why does someone need to see themselves in the world to feel yeah. like they're part of it? There's no space. It feels like 
I just there's no space for us. We we have I don't I don't see myself, and so I can't kind of grow into something, yeah. you know, bigger than what I what I'm given in terms of like the space yeah. that I'm given to grow. Yeah. Um, I think traveling back home, like to Lebanon, for me there was a really big aha moment when I saw my uncles. They had a construction company. Our last name is Nassar, so our, they had a construction company called Nassar Nassar. And these guys were like big construction guys, like in Lebanon, building, you know, rebuilding a country that went through a civil war. And that was representation for me because all we were getting here was what's coming through the media, you know, where, you know, just Mm -hmm. a bunch of people reduced to like throwing rocks and, you know, and, you know, in war. And, and that's hard because, you know, we live, we, we knew we were, we, we knew that our history had, there was so much more than that, than what we were reading in high school, one page on our history, you know? Um, so the representation, seeing people that look like us, that talk like us, you know, even my aunts that have those thick ankles cooking and all that, like that was great. That was so good. It just brought, it, 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 it created a fuller notion of like what we were capable of, mm. you know, whereas I think if we didn't have that, like my sister saying, you know, we would, point of reference would have just been what's in the media and and that happens to a lot of marginalized people you know and you know so um yeah I think that's where the the studio comes back in like the belly dancing because it's part of the culture and so it's like it's like a way to kind of connect like be in this other country I mean I'm American you know but you know it's also we're a few things and so to connect them all together when does that moment happen Mm -hmm. and I think that's why this is this why this clicked yeah uh, I think and then and why we kept showing up to the table for this, and why people came and yeah. like, showed up to the table with us. And know? giving space on the dance floor for people to represent themselves and represent their stories, because so many stories coexist on that dance floor, and all of it is true and real, and um, so the representation of what you know, you've been through, whether you share it on a deeper level or you know, out on, after we leave class, you know, people congregate and talk or not, at least you felt like you shined through in some way. Yeah, maybe that's the gift. I don't know. A gift that you gave me was like feeling like 100% like I could just own who I was Mm -hmm. in the moment. And I think for a lot of women, we don't get the, we don't get the messages that that's okay. We Mm -hmm. don't, we get a message that we're supposed to dim our shine, but by the two of you and the rest of the choreographers here, like living in your shine, Mm -hmm. it gives everybody else a permission to do that as well. And I think that, um... I think that I really appreciate that you guys see that you have a responsibility. You know, you didn't have role models like yourselves to look to outside of your own family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from my perspective, you, you, you acknowledge that you have a role to play and that you are role models now. And so mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you try to live that in a way that's going to make impact in the world? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great question. Um, I think... Uh, I, the first word that comes to my head is inter, the intersectionality that we do here. And I think that it's, you know, it's a 3,800 square foot space, right? It's not like the whole world, but the, this, this little like microcosm, you know, some people focus bigger. I think in this little space, watching everybody come together and us facilitating and holding space for everybody to come in, sometimes bring things that maybe have are a little more heated, a little more, you know, than other conversations into the space and then we have meetings with our team where, you know, it's kind of everybody's at the table. We try to get as many different people with different perspectives to come together that are ready to, like, pull everyone forward. So that's, like, the, the part is, like, that 
that that evenness in the mind to be able to like understand that somebody else has a different story than you. You know what I mean? Where people usually stay in their story and then that's the story. Where it's like, where's when's that moment happen when people go, okay, this is what I think. Okay, somebody else thinks this. I could see how they could think that. Let's all come together. And I think that those are things, even though like you know we're dancing a pit bull, it gets pretty. Uh, it can get we can get deep into the conversations about mm-hmm. space on the dance floor. How do we all like you know we all come from these different cultures that I think that that's, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but that's kind of like, I like what you're saying. (laughs) I'm picking up what you're putting down. You know, I think it's, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, I, it's been a journey. Like I have had intentions and the impact has not been how I wanted it to be received. Um, and all I do know though, is that all of us have shown up to the table to have conversations, to try, you know, to be the, to be like the best versions of ourselves in the conversation and kind of work through things so that we can have a positive impact on, um, different, the different people that come into the space, whether it's age, whether you're coming back from having a baby, whether you're a woman of color, whether you're non-binary, you know, all these, all these things. And, um, it's been wiggly. We've thrown a lot of noodles at the wall. Um, impact now is so important. I mean, it's, things are very feel for, very fragile too. A lot of ladies, a lot of people got a mental, a strong mental game, but at the same time, like it's fragile. And it, like you know, um, Samara was saying, it's an intersectional space, and things do come up on the dance floor that are sometimes not about it's 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 moving our bodies and then moving our bodies and getting that nervous system going brings up a lot of stuff that we've held on to so yeah so taking it back like you started out as a belly dance studio Mm -hmm. you quickly shifted uh to becoming like a hip-hop exercise dance like yeah yeah, like (laughs) yeah like you're this like you're so much more than just just we started off with belly dance and um can I tell the story about Shakira? I, this Please. is my version of Ooh, it. This is this story. is what I this is what I observed of Samara and her belly dance. I think um, so. We're belly so bell, Samara was teaching belly dance classes, and that was um, a class that was basically structured and um, teaching traditional belly dance based on classical Arabic music. And then I think, I can't remember what year um, Shakira came out with an album. And so she's Colombian and Lebanese, I think, um, with an album that had some, you know, her pop style music and then, but also the drum beats that are um, well known in the, you know, the Arab culture. And there was like a light. And so she decided to like put that in rotation in her playlist and then, observed like there was kind of this like spark in these ladies eyes I'm like what's going on you know there's a little and so we ran with it and you know long story short um our team needed to grow because we were getting more clients and you couldn't teach all like classes seven days a week yeah that was crazy yeah I slept on a mat in the studio yeah yeah we're like ready to go the next class when yeah. we first started I would never do that again I don't know <laughs> if I don't even know not it's... part of the business plan <laughs> Um, but you gotta start somewhere. Yeah, you gotta start somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah, I'm glad we did. <laughs> <laughs> and so we started to uh, bring on new, uh, more instructors, and they all had different styles. Like 
so they were expanding now the 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 playlists. You know, we were like now going in hip hop direction. We were going into salsa and like and and so it, just, it was just a beautiful. It felt very organic at the time, mm-hmm. um, and fun. We met like some of our close teammates that are still with us, like Deb and Geeti, and they brought in their styles Andrea. and Andrea, who are still dancing with us ten years later. You know, and um, I think yeah, everybody just. Uh, we were just able to... Well, you paid attention to the market. You yeah. know, like you didn't do it with... like it, It's not like you like put out a survey. What kind of music would you yeah. like to listen to, ladies? Though I know you do that now. You're like, yeah. what, what, what songs do you want? But yeah. you paid attention to the people that were in the room. And you paid attention to that moment where like the light came on behind their yeah. eyes. And you did something about it. I yeah. think a lot of business owners feel like well they had their plan they need to stick to their plan come hell or high water and they're not prepared to pivot and you know if you had been so committed to your original vision then you would for sure not be where you are now you'd be somewhere else but you wouldn't be here right um so I think that that's an important lesson for people to learn that like you have to watch the market and you have to be ready to pivot Mm -hmm. so um I'm curious what your perspective is on this um as you know, I named the podcast This Guy's Legit, which is problematic because not everyone that I'm interviewing is a guy. You call everyone a guy. Hey <laughs> so, guys. So, so this is something, so you guys, see, I do too, and, and that's you know, part of why I felt really comfortable with it is because that's how I speak, and it's never offended me or even really raised a flag, but I did really consider it when I was naming it. Like, this isn't going to work for everybody, and like people are going to be confused. Um, but I thought it was an opportunity to sort of call to question the fact that, that most people that are at the top of their field are men, and that even if they're not, if you're in a room with a man, a lot of people still assume, make the assumption that the man is the one that's in charge. You've created this like incredibly empowering space for women. You've been very vocal about that. There are occasions where you open up the studio to everyone, and of course you include non-binary folks in with that in the safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, but what has it been like for you to hold a space for women and to create a space for women and to know that there are people walking in with all sorts of, of traumas that mm-hmm. are, have been occurring in the world, especially right now mm-hmm. and still be able to like help them through this process of like getting it out on the dance floor and also just like holding your own boundaries. Mm-hmm. I know that's a lot. But <laughs> I asked like eighteen questions. Yeah, no, no. I, I, my life flashed before my eyes <laughs> because really, it, I mean, it starts with us. I mean, like this space healed me. It healed me, and it still mm-hmm. heals me to this day. I just taught class last night, and I'm I'm better for it. You know, um, so through all the things that are happening in the world, um, this space has always proved to me uh, for the last ten years to like come through and help me move through whatever we're all going through and work through it. So um, I can say that with real confidence after 10 years, you know, going on our 11th year now. Mm. Um, So in that sense, like, we've done things in this space from anything from we've had a Me Too event here uh, where people came and shared their Me Too stories. Um, We're doing an event for Missy, you know, raising awareness for commercially sexually trafficked youth in Oakland. So some heavy things. But the, what, what gets us through is the dance and the movement in our bodies and the push-ups and that. And I think that's, that's the secret of it is we're, we have this moment where we get to release, you know, and we're not projecting it or pointing it at another person. We're just with ourself in the mirror 
you know, and, and that, that's the moment that I think um, helps us move on to the next thing and stay, stay here, you know, not get down on the hole on all of these things. So, like, we're keeping it real. Like, there are all these things happening, and they have been happening. If anything, it kind of gets a little ugly before, right? You know, it, it seems like it was, it seems simpler maybe when we first started, you know, it was like, oh, Obama, and here we are, and we're all dancing, and yay, <laughs> and Britney, right, you know, and, um, and, and it feels like it's gotten more layered, but it, uh, it's always been that way, just we've never really, you know, had an opportunity to look at it as a, as a culture together in yeah. this way, you know, there's, people are more comfortable having conversations now, they won't, that weren't, could happen back right. then, like, there's more bridges being built, and that takes a lot of, like, discourse and conversation, so... Um, we definitely leaned in and turned inward and have and, and are and are having those small and big moments of turning inward to each other and just acknowledging and that is where the growth is happening and that longevity in the long term. The long term for, you know, people as individuals, the community, the neighborhood, you know, we're not really in it for the short short term and like and maximizing profits and efficiency, you know, that's not really yeah what's What's ahead? No, we, we, we don't, we don't make, you know, people think, I think that's another kind of thing people who, uh, who don't have a business understand about having like a small business is the, we don't, you don't get a lot of support from the government or anything. You're, you're really like sweating for each dollar that you make. I mean, it's a real like yeah. exchange. It's not like, you know, I have a credit card company. I'm just sitting there with a passive income or something like we, we, it, you really have to do it because it means something to you on a very deep level. And um, to me and to my sister, like, women are the, the answer, okay? You know, like, just on a biological level, we're the mothers, you know? And I've, I'm going to bank on the women before I bank on anybody. And um, that's, that's why we do this. Like, that's why I really show up. I mean, it comes from a really deep, deep passion for women um, to, to give them a space to breathe for a second away from all of this nonsense that we're dealing with. It's nonsense, you know, like just everything that's happening, that's been happening to women. Um, I want more women to wake up to their power and stop giving it to a man, you know, stop giving it to him. He's, he's, you're, they're just projecting their power on this guy, you know, and that's the only reason these guys are in power is because of, you know, that's why I want to, I want us to own ourselves again. Mm-hmm. We, we wasn't always a patriarchy, you know, this, this is, you know, but we, they, I was just at, I went to church with my mom because she loves, uh, she, she, she grew up Catholic and I'm there and I'm like, I'm seeing Jesus Christ up there and I'm seeing them playing with all our toys. You know, they have our smoke and they're doing all the things and I'm like, why do they have all our toys, you know? And they're doing the whole ceremony like that was our ceremony, you know? And, yeah. And again, I don't want to like, you know, make this like man against woman. It's more of a way of thinking, but it starts with this. That's why we talk about the matriarchy. You know, here we have this thing called trimatriarchy, which is a little bit more of our, a radical wing of hip line. But that concept is kind of like the backbone of what this space is about. You know, like that fire that why we keep showing up and, and having to have these conversations that I'm not on the beach, you know, with my toes in the sand all the time. Right. This is this is like, fuck. You know, this is, this can be this can be tiring, right? You know, mm-hmm. in some ways. And so, why are we? Why do we keep fighting? Why do we keep showing up in the ring and doing this fight um, under underneath? You know, dancing mm-hmm. to Drake and all that, right? I mean, it's good. So that 
there's a balance there and it's it is about having fun and that is part of like a resistance you know joy is resistance mm-hmm. like we're gonna have some fun right now and you don't get to do it you know that that's and we're gonna do it for ourselves right you know that that's important right I think that that's a really key <clears throat> element that it's 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 performative for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much that our that our greater, larger culture tells us about how women should be for these external reasons. Because this business says you need to wear these jeans to look right. Because mm-hmm. this company says you need to, you know, count your calories so that you mm-hmm. can be accepted. Um, and here, it's not about that. Here, it's about showing up for yourself mm-hmm. to to give yourself what you need to to. Um, and, and in society, there's a lot of mixed messages for women. And I'm curious, what what do you say to people who feel like the tri-matriarchy concept is like anti-men? Yeah, I, uh, that's a good question. I feel, you know, um, so when, when I think of patriarchy, because I think that's where people stop, like you go to the gift shop, everybody's like, smash the patriarchy. I'm like, great. We're, we're, I want a solution. You know what I mean? Okay. So then we smash it. Then what? We're never going to move forward if we just keep trying to smash it. So patriarchy is uh, is not a man in charge. It's a way of thinking. And that can be both, a woman can be part of that system just like a man. So it's not about the sex of the person. It's about the way they're thinking. Patriarchal thinking is about a pyramid where we have this one person on top and about being successful is like screwing everybody else that's over around you. Success means you, you, you know what I mean? It's not about, it's not a circle. And so matriarchy is, is, a way of thinking that men can be a part of, you know, that I have seen actually men who are actually better in some ways than women in some way that in this, it's a way of thinking. It's about being part of a circle. It's that maternal. How are you? Are you comfortable? Do you need anything? You know, um, how can I, how can we, how can we all use each other's skills to make something amazing? That, that circle kind of thinking. I think Mm. that that's, so when people say, oh, it's about, that and that, that's because they're thinking patriarchally. You know, they're thinking, how am I going to beat that guy next mm-hmm. to me? So they're already in that system. And so they, they don't even know mm-hmm. that they can even think in this, in this other system. And that's why matriarchy, um, even though it's kind of hard to say sometimes, and they're like, man, you're, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's all a word that we found that really describes something, at least as a next step mm-hmm. from that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just like, good people, you know, just chill, just doing stuff, but we, it's kind of like, I go back to the Prius, you know, it's like, let's get, if we can't have the electric car, like, okay, here's a gas, a hybrid for a minute until we can get to the next step, because we, you know, you know, if we know anything, we know that we can't just jump to the end of the story, like, we have to build tracks to get there, and I think that's the wisdom of, you know, the way we move, we move slow, and we build tracks, we don't, we have a lot to say, but we don't just blurt everything out because we need people to keep their ears open so we try to meet people where they are and then just like slowly let's get there and then you meet people along the way or I see what you're doing you know what I mean I see what you're throwing down and and then everybody just kind of like supports each other to get to get where we're trying to go which is just like let's just like everybody enjoy ourselves and um, slow down a little bit and um, take care of each other and take care of the planet and you know so you you talk about you talk about building things slowly, mm-hmm. and I want to hear from you, Gabriella. Like, how are you intentionally building this business slowly? Because I know that people have been asking you for a long time. Like, when are you gonna franchise, or like, yeah. when are you gonna open the next studio? When are you gonna do this? When are you gonna do that? And you guys have been really conscious and thoughtful about yeah. your growth. I want to hear a little bit about that. 
Yeah, I mean, the way, when HipLine started, it was just a mental construction. You know, there like you know we said there wasn't like this big business plan, and there wasn't these big investors behind it that were counting on you know having a return on their investment in five, ten, whatever years. Um, we just we pace ourselves. It it just feels right, you know. And I think what helps pace ourselves is that our community the community of these ladies are the investors. Like every time they buy a five class pack or a membership, they are investing in like the longevity and the sustainability of the business. And unfortunately we're in a business, the dance and fitness industry that in, in my opinion has kind of has fucked us over as women. I mean, they've really sold us on a lot of like fear, like, you know, lose weight, get in your bikini body, do all this stuff. And there's a lot of undoing that we're going to, that we're trying to do through this, through like, you know, the, the, the idea of trimatriarchy and, um, and, um, helping the ladies to also get there. There's a lot of ladies that are on their own journey. You know, it's, I see it all the time. They walk in and they look in that mirror and maybe they've came back from having an injury or a baby, or they're just starting their journey. Um, and it can be really hard to be with themselves, you know, when you have this like huge, you know, thousand square foot kind of like mirror in front of you. Um, so the, we've been slow because we're having human connections and that takes time. You know, that's just, you know, we've, we've carefully curated a team of choreographers that we felt like were like the change makers in the community and that had a lot of heart and passion on it because you can have like an instructor with like 10, 15 years experience, but if they can't connect with a late, the ladies in the room, the people in the room, it's just not gonna, it's not hip line, you know, it's not, you lose that. So it's been, I don't know where, where we're going. I actually I can't really say where we're going. Like if somebody was to come in and say like, where's your, you know, how much are you guys, you know, needing to invest in where you're going? I really don't know because I honestly don't really trust the industry, to be honest. I don't know whether it's right to put videos up on, on and sell videos online. You know, I don't know if that's positively impacting, you know, right now, you know, women in general. I don't know if opening another studio in another neighborhood here in Oakland with what they're doing, raising rents, and, you know, as much as we feel like we have independence in our future of on a day-to-day basis here, there's a lot of aspects about of the company that are kind of like, out of our hands and those are like the building owners and those are a lot of them are men too you know I mean so I I, it's it's a little kind of uncertain you know we're living in really uncertain times at the same time that we're living in times where like everybody's got a strong mental game and things are becoming very clear and people are starting to turn up the volume on their needs and their you know their voices and their experiences so I like to say, let's just keep going slow. It's working. Get to meet more people. <laughs> and we're not here to cash out on yeah. this idea of women now that everybody's talk Like, you know, we've been talking about women for 10 years, and all of a sudden it's like Target's putting the future's female everywhere. And it's like, wow, look at everybody making money, you know, off of this now. Cool. I'm glad that that's the message, you know, you know what I'm saying, as opposed to something else. Great. Whatever. But that's not what HipLine's doing. You know what I mean? It's not doing it because it's trying to be popular you know, or it's trying to be anything. It's just trying to be real, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, and Hipline doesn't allow anything other than that. And, and, and we're, I'm, I'm looking, I'm talking about it like it's this, it's, a, it's its own 
thing. It's like a child, you know what I mean? I feel like it's its own thing, and it's very clear about what it wants, and it doesn't like when you try to make it into something that it doesn't yeah. want to be. And, and if I know anything about hip line, hip line doesn't put up with bullshit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And this world is pretty much full of it right now. And so it's just, so it doesn't really want to, I, I mean, I, it's open. It is open. It would love to, we'd love to put it everywhere. But if it's going to become watered down or it's going to, you know, we can't find the right people. People, you know, to find these choreographers is like, it's, you know, you, you find, because they have to be, they have to have the talent and the expertise and then be able to also be team players and understand what it means to be on a team, you know, like a lot of different things uh, to, to bring these people together. So it's not just like, um, I don't know how other companies do like Bar Method or Soul Cycle, but it's not we're not we're not giving them like here's the form you know this thing. We're asking them to show up as a human with what they got, and then but if, you know with all of these things, you know it's a little bit of a different kind of uh, ask I think, and I think it would be nice to see more of that. You know, I mean I wouldn't mind seeing this everywhere, but it would just need to be done in a way that yeah. it doesn't get lost. You know, into something yeah. it's not. Yeah. 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 I think businesses with heart are really hard to build. Mm-hmm. Um, they take a lot of time to build, and it's not it's not the kind of thing that you want to risk losing. Like, you've spent so much mm-hmm. time and investment of soul. Like, you've actually put pieces of your soul mm-hmm. into this. So um, I applaud you for moving slowly and for, and for being able to... Um, to stay true to the message and not to be chasing the dollar yeah. because it's hard to do that, especially like we were saying, when you start a business, you're reinvesting most of it, any penny that you earn, it just goes right back into the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're lucky if you can get to a point where you're actually also taking a paycheck. Yeah. And it takes a really long time to get there. And I think that people, um, I sort of like use the iceberg metaphor, you know, they see the very tip, mm-hmm. they don't see everything else below mm-hmm. the surface. Um, and so I applaud you for sharing that. I think it's important. You guys are holding a lot of space for people. Um, like you said, they're coming in off the street with all of their all of their stories. They're coming in with messages. How do you stay recharged? And how do you stay inspired so that you can show up every day, even though you're also going through it in your lives? Like how do you how do you invest in yourself so that you can invest in everyone else? Oh yeah, really clear boundaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And having a team around that also knows how to say no, you yeah. know, and that's great. Like, um, it's been years finding, getting all that together, but so really good communication, I think, is, like, key. And not, we have learned over the years, people communicate different, and so we love direct communication here, you know, we love when people just, like, this is what I need, this is what I can't do. That's my favorite thing that people tell me. And so that's, so when I walk into the space, I, that's helps me as far as, like, creating that space first and then as far as like outside of the space taking breaks I play guitar like that's like you know you're you're vibrating kind of fast right you get wound up and so finding something that kind of is equally as wound but it has nothing to do with what you're doing sometimes allows you to kind of like you're on a surfboard and now I'm on another one but it's the same and then it takes me down so I learn how to like ride the vibration because mm-hmm. I just view this all as just I mean mm-hmm. it's vibrations and so how how high my my frequency is or low and then like trying to like make sure it's it's a nice wave and like smooth it out kind of a thing and so if I'm feeling like I'm going to you know this then like this and kind of trying to control the tempo you know by having a a good team that also knows how to who wants that too for themselves that they have spaces I think the people are important to like making that that happen Mm -hmm. 
you know? Because if you're the only one who's like, I need this and everybody around you, then it's really hard to maneuver and find that self-care in that. Mm -hmm. But if everybody's like, I'm going to get a massage or I'll see you later, then you can kind of all work together to make it happen. Because I'm right, I, I'm always down to, to take a nap and go get up. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not actually, I wouldn't be running this fast if this world wasn't so fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would I would really just, really like to just, you know, have a garden and just plant some plants. That's really what I want to do. You know, play my guitar, dance when I want to dance. But um, it's important to show up. And that that's also part of our personality, too, is like, you know, yeah. got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Gabriella? I'm still kind of on a journey trying to figure that out because I have a six and a five, four year old, and so my world, you know, changed six years ago. Um, so for a long time, you know, in that that time, I've been feeling very depleted, and not until I would say probably a year and a half ago, when I started talk therapy that I started like little by little just kind of turning inward to myself and trying to figure out like what is going on like why are you giving so much why are you having trouble setting boundaries and um my because you know getting massages for me is great you know um but it doesn't it doesn't fill my cup I'm still on a journey to try to figure out what it is to be honest Mm -hmm. you know I think it might be traveling doing more of that but I mean we all know as business owners that that's you know it's hard to make to make that happen um so self-care right now is um for me just kind of like just like listening to my body and start creating a new relationship with with that with my body my new body you know after having babies too you know I was um I got pregnant I found out that um um I um, I needed to go on bed rest, cause I, and so I went from like teaching six classes to just being laying down. My other sister Alexander would come over and give me showers and shave my legs, so things changed very quickly for me. And that was kind of where I saw an inflection point. And I think now that like my kids are kind of more independent and they're in school, I'm starting to like kind of like surface back up and be like, okay. And the world looks a little different now too since six years ago, and so. Self-care is it's still a journey. And I think it's a journey for a lot of us because a lot of ladies come here for self-care and they're also trying to figure out what is this? Like, what is going on? Like, this self-care kind of feels different. It looks different. Like, I'm connecting with other humans and I'm also getting to, like, dance to, you know, Beyonce and I'm able to, like, shake my tail feather, you know? And so I don't know. I think a lot of us have a lot of um, kind of, reflection to do and just and turning turning towards each other and learning like what's working for you and what's working you know yeah yeah self-care self-care self-preservation you know what I mean there's like it's actually like the definition I feel is like changing on a daily basis yeah yeah (laughs) it's going fast totally and I I think that um I am appreciating that we're now in a time and in a culture where that actually is a thing that people uh, praise you for like oh amazing you're getting a massage awesome oh you're going to talk therapy Hell yeah. Yeah. Like, five years ago, that was selfish. Like, oh, you must be real fucked up if you need to go to therapy. (laughs) Like, that's not how it is anymore. It's like, no, people do this stuff because it's healthy, because it's good, because it's important. Yeah. Um, We have some friends who started going to couples therapy before they got married, and Mm -hmm. they've continued to go. And they go, like, every week, I think they go, or every other week, or maybe now it's once a month, whatever it is. But it's like, 
what a gift they're giving to themselves that they have a foundation yeah. and that they have a place to go when they need to get that mm-hmm. mental support yeah. um, and emotional support. Yeah. And that's how I feel about this place is like, thank God people have a place to go when they need that space, yeah. that safe space to just be who they are. Right. Um, I know for me, I found this place a long, long time ago before I had kids, back when you had your other studio in Rockridge. For some reason... It wasn't my time to stick with it. But then when I was reintroduced again, it was like the first sort of thing I did for myself after having my kids. The first time I left my kids with anyone else and like came and did a thing for myself. And I feel like my whole life changed just from coming here because I got the message that like you are worthy of taking time for yourself and you are beautiful just the way that you are, even if you look different. Um, you know, and I came to your class, Gabriella, and you, you know, you had a young baby and I was, I was looking at you and saying like, wow, like she can do this and she has a little kid at home. Like I can do this too then, you know? So again, back sort of full circle, like it's important to see role models who are leading the way so that you know that you can do it too. Mm -hmm. That's part of why I want to do this podcast as well. It's like, there are a lot of people out there who have a dream. And if they don't see that other people are doing it, and if, if all they see is the shiniest version of it, mm-hmm. they're never going to feel like that could be them too. Yeah. So um, we talked a little bit about goals. We're not going to talk any more about that. I, I want to hear just a couple more answers. Um, I want to know when you'll feel like you've made it. <laughs> uh, I feel like in a sense I've made it. Because if I was to, like, leave Mother Earth tomorrow, I would look back and be like, dude, I did it. I've always wanted to dance. I've always wanted to, like, you know, just be with my family. My family's very close around me. Um, yeah, I, I would feel like I I feel complete. I feel my like my cup is full when I leave here. Like, I did what I am here to do. Um but yeah, I mean, I'd like to be on a yacht maybe once a year, just for just for like four nights, you know. Great. I feel like I would have arrived, you know. I love I love traveling, um, and also another big part of that is I will feel like I've arrived when I see um, the conversation between what's happening right now with um, this. It's, it's in my head, it's like, you know, conversation around with, with black and brown and white and all these things and these conversations happening just to, just to see more of it and to see the bridges, more bridges, you know. I, I want to see that con- to continue. I want to see people to get, getting uncomfortable for the greater good of growing and, to, and taking the chance. I, think, I feel like I would have arrived if, and we would have done our job here to, to, be, to make that impact in the community. We're going to be leaving a community behind. You know, once we all get going our silver years and we're onward, like this is we're investing in, in our youth, our community, what we're leaving behind, you know. So what about you? She said it for me. That's yeah. great. I mean, yeah, in some way I feel like we've made it because um, made it and not made it. I mean, yeah. You know, uh, same. Like I feel like a lot of this was it was about family, about like, I mean, my journey with Hipline was needing a place to go where I really felt like I was heard, you know, as, as an artist. Um, like you said, you know, back in the day, I feel like the world has changed, you know, like I was smoking pot in the studio and I get, you know, people would be like, what are you doing? And now it's like, it's like, I feel like the script is, 
is flipping. And I'm like, what is going on? The world's like starting to make more sense to some a human like me. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where I never really felt that I was always, I always felt labeled like more like, oh, crazy, the crazy one in the family or your scapegoat in the family, you know? And now I don't feel like that. I feel like supported and I feel like understood, you know? Um, and that's what I, that was, that was a big part of what this was about for me personally was showing that and it's the women the people that come to this space that have done that you know I've learned so much from the people that have been here like they these are the these are the doctors on the dance floor you know healing everyone mm-hmm. you know and that 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 like there's no there's not you know that that evenness of it all you know that we all play a role in it so it's you know the, the uh, in the thing and, and watching people start to understand, see their own power you know, and, and, and accepting, just accepting that they have power, I guess, is, 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 is really powerful to see that and how, like, we all have it, you know, and I think this system we're in is, like, you know, rock stars and presidents, all of this, like, one human that we do this with, that, that's an illusion, that's all an illusion, you know what I mean, the truth is, is that we all have power, and we need to just own that back again, you know, um, and take care of each other. And I'm seeing that. And so to me, I'm just like, mic drop right there, you know? <laughs> and then also what my sister's saying about seeing more um, of just continuing that. Like, I'm hoping that that continues and people start to, like, continue to just, like, the me- it's, a sim- it's as simple as the word love. You know what I mean? And that word is, like, been, has been, has a lot around it, a lot used for different things. But uh, I like that word a lot. I love that, the word love, you know? It's a good <laughs> word. But it's the highest frequency that we can vibrate at as a species, you know, is, is love. Everything else is, 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 is broken mirrors. And so this is, uh, that's what I'm hoping. And that's a choice, you know what I mean? We, we have it all in us to be all these different things. And so, you know, cultivating that and letting that message be the bigger message is, is what I want to see in, in us as a species, you know. And, and just doing it in our little space is, 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 is good enough for me. I mean, it's fine (laughs) yeah so you just answered my last question but I'm going to ask it again to both of you anyway or you answered my previous question you also answered the question I'm going to ask next and last which is what is the meaning of it all what is the meaning of life what is the point why are we here um you know you're putting your time and your energy into building something that's bigger than yourselves the lines between your work and your life are completely blurred um, except for the rare occasion that you can hold that strong boundary, like for what? What's the point of life? Damn, my dad asked me that last night. He did. Yeah, <laughs> he went to go have a, a surgery today, an angiogram, and uh, God, he threw me, threw a quick one on me, and asked, and I didn't have an answer for him. Um, but what's the purpose of of all like of hip line is? like what you said it's the love it's like that just letting the light kind of like come through um and shine through when we're feeling you know like this like veil or a heaviness or this inability to get up out of bed or to like pull forward you know because we all have those feelings and just to know we have more I guess what's the point is like we have more in common than we have different you know that's that feels like you know, yeah. the point of all this, you know. Yeah, if you want to get, if people want to think about it also, like, what about me? You know what I mean? Because I feel like people, like, the, 
people still think that they're like a separate human from things because we can lift our feet off the earth. We think we're separate from the earth. We're not separate from the earth. We're, we're, we are earth, you know, and we, we get sick and toxic just because we're making this place sick and toxic, you know, and so, and that starts with our thoughts even. You know what I mean? It goes, it's not even before we say anything. Mm-hmm. It's that, cl- that cleanliness, you know, in ourselves when we're alone and nobody's around. You know what I mean? That's where it starts. And so I would say loving ourselves first. And I think that people might call, I've been called selfish. Oh, you don't have any, you know. We're, and it's like that, that ability of self-love, I think, yeah. is where things begin. And so showing up to that dance floor, looking in that mirror, and loving what you see you know, and then loving what it feels like and then closing your eyes and feeling that inner love and then that gets reflected in the people around us and then we realize, oh, we're actually just one thing. We have one consciousness and we're actually, and then and then the aliens will come down and say hi to us. <laughs> Finally, yeah, I'm going to stop there. But you know, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it really 100%. is like that, that level of just like oneness, you know, in that sense. And, um, I'm not saying that, like, you know, that could be, I've, I've been called a lot of different things, an idealist, whatever, and that's fine, you know. I mean, I just think that it is about love for ourselves and love for, for our neighbor and, and, and empathy and th- those, those things. And it, we're just, we're in the flesh, but, we're, but we're, we're a vibration. We're just vibrating. And it's like, just get the vibration right. So when you're, all, when you're not in the flesh anymore, you're in the light and you're 100% in the light. And that's that's really, you know, this isn't the end of the story as far as I'm concerned, you know, and I don't, I'm not going to put it on a religion or any kind of thing like that, but um, I do know that I have something inside me that happens when I dance, and I can feel it, and I'm connected to it, and I've been doing it long enough to be able to say that, you know, now, for myself, for a truth for myself, you know? So, yeah, that, that, that frequency is what I'm looking for, for everyone. I hope everybody finds that frequency, yeah. Well, I just appreciate you guys so much. I appreciate what you guys are building here. I appreciate you taking the time to share from your hearts um, and to, to share your wisdom and to share your experience so openly and honestly. I feel like um, every single person on the planet has, is being positively affected by w- the work that you guys are doing here because, like you said, you know, you touch one person who goes on to touch everybody else. And um, I'm just so grateful, and I admire you both more than my words could ever say so thank you guys very much thank you for thank you for having us yeah thank you for the space to share appreciate it you've been listening to this guy's legit this episode was produced by me rachel dorsey with editing by drew dorsey and original music by taylor joshua rankin this guy's legit is executive produced by bone and gold if you like what you heard hit subscribe to get the next episode automatically And if you really like what you heard, leave a review. And follow us on Instagram at ThisGuy'sLegit.